0: The Around the League Podcast is accepting tailgate invites.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hens, I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes: Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys?
3: Hey, Dan. No, we cannot. No, 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 no Greg. <laughs> well, there
4: you was cannot just... attempt Actually, the Tybee Island inflection of West. I have right a off great idea.
3: I have a great
2: idea. Gold standard behind the glass. Yes sir. In post production, can you
3: add Wesling's Hey Dan in there?
4: I can mm. do that. I'm gonna do that for you. Yeah. Well,
3: I want it to be put <laughs> right next to my version and the listeners can decide who's more accurate.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works like that,
3: but yeah. Well, I'm just saying or who no, they add, be like, is better. So we'll just yeah, we'll try it right now, okay?
2: Like Okay. Um <laughs> Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What up boys? Hey
3: Dan. Hey, Dan. There you go.
4: Yeah, I can already tell in my head that's going to be a close call, actually. <laughs> I was skeptical that somehow Greg could be more realistically Wes than Wes, but now I see it.
2: That would be weird. Unless you're saying that Wes has become a caricature of himself. Mm, wow.
3: I would never Well, say this that. got ugly really quick. Well, we, we're we going to get Wes on the line later, right?
2: We will. Wes, by the way, is um, traveling up the coast of California with his lady love, from Tybee Island. I don't know if it's a love. There's something going on with this Wes and this woman. Um,
4: There's attraction.
2: Yes. we. I believe we had her on the podcast once or maybe we didn't. We've, we've spoken to her. Mark, you've met her. Wes is now very going nice. out with
4: her. Well, I mean, I couldn't say enough nice things so about her. So
2: she's visiting. So that's why Wes isn't here. But we're going to check in with him and see what's going on. Uh, we're also going to bring back uh, the beloved game What's More Likely uh, and talk about... It's the What's More Likely post-draft edition. So we'll get into some... Scenarios involving teams now that they have some this infusion of talent from around the collegiate game. Uh, We're we're also going to touch we're going to touch on the top 100 list. NFL Network is filling that time ahead of uh, the start of training camp, and this has now become an annual uh, rite of passage. It is the top 100 of 2014 list. They went through players 90 through 81, I believe, on Wednesday. So we're going to. Talk about that and just you know share some thoughts about it. get excited, mark why are you keep on you're shaking your head and you're dismissive of the entire operation
4: I find the list to be a folly, but we'll get into it later.
2: yes, we will, but before any of that, the gold standard' already showed you his his deft touch as a producer. he is behind the glass, and he is going to uh, give us some news. Is that correct
4: that is correct let's do it.
2: let's do it. Rex Ryan was a guest on WFAN in New York on Thursday, the Mike Francesa Show. Asked the course about the Jets' quarterback situation, as you could uh, could have guessed. Uh, and Ryan made it clear once again that it seems that Geno Smith is the favorite for this job, at least heading into training camp. Uh, his quote, this young man is going to be hard to beat out. Even as talented as a player as Mike Vick is, I think Geno Smith is made that big a stride, and again, the proof will be in the pudding when we play this thing out, but that's my confidence in him. I have said this from the start. I know Wes vehemently d- disagreed. He sees Vic as the day-one starter. Where do you guys stand? Do you think Geno Smith is a starter, or are you starting to come around on the idea that maybe Vic is going to start the year as the backup?
4: I think with the Jets, if you could have your perfect scenario, you want the young quarterback you drafted to evolve into your starter, not a guy who's about to be mid-30s and on the decline. So that's what they want to happen. So v- so voice that message. Will it go awry?
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that about to be mid-30s and on the decline, that hit a little too close to home for myself and Greg, I'm sure.
3: I've been on the decline for years. And uh, I, you speak with your actions. Rex Ryan, no one says more meaningless things in public than him. You speak with your actions, and they signed Michael Vick to a pretty good contract, that's a sign that they want him to play. It's amazing, it's amazing
2: to listen to uh, late-period Rex Ryan and how different he is from the guy six years ago. At one point, Francesa, who everyone knows what Francesa was like, like, wow, you've really changed. I'll tell you what, or something like that, he said. <laughs> and it's it's true. Like, every question asked to Rex is now – it's kind of pull-string doll-type answers. This is not the Rex Ryan. You kind of miss the old mm. lovable lug. But at the same time, I think the only reason he's still employed by the Jets is that he he kind of transformed himself.
4: They got to him. Mm. And now before he waltzes out of his office, someone's in his ear saying when they ask this question, this is how you and your shiny white teeth will answer wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's kind of dispiriting that it's the truth, though. It's like even Rex Ryan, who seemed like an untamed man, If you're in the the cogs of the machine long enough, and I want everyone
3: in this room to take note, if you're in the cogs long enough, you will be tamed. Let's give the Glacier some credit. He might be slow on the old transaction wire, but he's been effective in his mind games with Rex. He's got him under his thumb.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And congratulations to former Jets general manager Mike Tannenbaum, who was the agent behind Steve Kerr's big deal with the Golden State Warriors. A five-year, $25 million deal for a guy that's never coached in the NBA.
3: Friend of the program, he he came up to Mark and I at the league meetings, and he said he listens to the Around the League podcast. Right, and I I don't mind dropping a name drop right now. I I like the
4: ability NFL GM able to go cross to a different sport and pull a complete coup d'etat.
2: It was nice. I had a nice DM, direct message conversation, because it went back one and one. That counts as a conversation. I said, congrats, man. He said, thanks, man. That's it. Me and Mr. T. We got a relationship. Electric. Uh, moving forward, gentlemen. So, congratulations, Mister T. Miles Austin has agreed to a ter- agreed to terms with the Cleveland Browns on a deal. Uh, this comes a day after we heard uh, Jason Garrett of the Cowboys say that they were absolutely open to Austin, perhaps coming back to the Cowboys who cut him in what amounted to, I guess, a salary cap uh, move a couple of months ago. Although his Uh, Austin's play is obviously declined. The Browns have their own issues with Josh Gordon now likely facing suspension, so they bring in Miles Austin. And also Earl Bennett was also signed by the Cleveland Browns on Thursday. So you're adding two more veteran names to the mix. Uh, Mark Sessler, your thoughts.
4: It's May 15th, and as of sunrise this morning, neither one of these guys had been wanted enough by any team. So I think that's telling. There's not a whole lot of upside here, but it's Ray Farmer. It's the Browns anticipating, you know, the worst when it comes to Josh Gordon and just stocking up
3: that position group. They needed receivers, even if Gordon wasn't potentially suspended, right? I mean, their number three receiver, assuming Hawkins is, even though he's in the slot, he's a starting type of guy. Hawkins, Gordon, when he's out there, and the next guy's Greg Little. Who you don't even want on your team, so they needed people. In-
4: Admit this though, Miles Austin, very handsome. You know, <laughs> wow. Cleveland's Whoa. starting to get. Am I wrong? Weird.
5: Yeah,
4: Why is what, that weird? Is, I didn't come up with what that. What does that have to
2: do with the? I know. About but to
4: usually, make. Cleveland's just Dance. starting to become a more telegenic team in general. Let's just get these guys. You know, they're they're preparing <laughs> for some sort flex of games.
3: Staked out his ground as the I'm going to decide who's handsome and or not. You know, I'm, guy the, on the I'm the Wait guy in. comfortable in my sexuality that then can
2: make judgments on other dudes. Now, if you could be that guy too, I welcome it. But you've never been that way before, which is why Greg and I reacted with surprise. I'm
4: there. changing as well. Listen, here's the thing. Let me ask you <laughs> like something. It. Dan, has Cleveland gotten hotter at the receiver position?
2: Well, we, we've talked about I think even the, in the old ATL debate club days, we talked about Jimmy Haslam being perhaps the most attractive owner. You know, Chud. That's, that's a bizarre, bizarre.
3: That's a bizarre Chud, thing
2: to say. Chud was, let's, not let's, ch- let's face it, Chud was a five. Um, so you get him <laughs> out of the mix. You know, yeah, they're a little better looking. And Man- well, Menzel's got charisma, we'll give him that. But
3: he looks like a high school senior. Yeah, so Menzel doesn't exactly. He knock. has youth. I, I take one issue with, <laughs> with what you said about Austin. I think there is pretty high upside for a May 15th oh, signing. I agree. 2012, not exactly the dark ages. Just two seasons ago, 943 yards, 66 catches, six touchdowns. Wasn't lighting the world on fire, but when he played the season before that, very similar production per game. That's very high upside if he can stay healthy. He's only 29 years old. For a guy signed this late is what I'm saying. If you could scrape Eight hundred yards out of Miles Austin—that's a big win.
4: Well, and they're very determined, I think, to make sure that Greg Little does not see meaningful snaps.
3: Is Miles Austin their number one receiver right now? Oh my God!
4: What did I, Well, Josh Gordon has not he, been suspended yet, but yeah, but in, if he is, yeah, yes. I mean, that's <laughs> dis- that's disturbing <laughs> to comprehend. Earl
3: Bennett, I don't think, will necessarily the, uh, make the team. Not a lot to get excited about there. A slot receiver—he no. he might be better than Greg Little, though. So.
2: I'm not going to go crazy
3: about Earl Bennett.
2: I agree. Uh, Nate Burleson at this stage, if his arm ever heals properly, you know, who knows what you get. But Miles Austin was worth the flyer. And then I, you know, I wrote the Cowboys post on Wednesday when there was some, some hope about him reuniting there. And I remember thinking to myself, that's a little weird that this guy has not attracted anything considering he's not yet 30 he's about to turn 30 he's had some health issues yes but he's also a guy that's been productive in the past so i thought that was a nice signing by the cleveland browns
3: we had a big scientist level uh, back and forth blowtorch session about how good awesome i mean wesleyan yes. i think it was it was miles austin versus santonio holmes and uh, i believed in holmes but he's still out there on the market austin's got a job maybe they should bring Home's in.: Oh, I love it. Just a, a wildly <laughs> disgruntled groups, a group group <laughs> of receivers
4: that hadn't you know no employment a week ago with <laughs> them all in farmers' hands. Let him deal with it.
2: All right, boys, moving on. Michael Sam, the seventh round pick of the St. Louis Rams and the NFL's first openly gay uh, player, has announced, or the Oprah Winfrey Network, I should say, announced that it, has, it is working with Sam on a reality television program that will show his life. As the first openly gay NFL player um, to me this that jumped out at me is a little strange uh after his press conference uh in which it, it was a little uncomfortable at times and it, it appeared you know fairly clear that it was not something he wanted to dwell on that the story aspect of Michael Sam it seemed to me that he just wanted to kind of be a player and try to make this team and then a day later this this comes out and I'm not saying that. All, you know all of a sudden Michael Sam's not authentic or anything but it's just a little bit I'm not sure if the timing is right for Sam who above all else when you forget about the the social situation and the the what's the real hook nationally of the story when you think of it from pure football this is a seventh round pick very um, little shot of making this team I don't see how this helps him
3: I don't think it's a big deal people saw this immediately and were just like uh-oh not a good move by Sam, don't like this no, that's and what I just said basically, but i I don't buy it. It's a six episode series on a network that no one will ever watch, and <laughs> that doesn't, that has do it doesn't I just feel like who cares really i mean i i I see your point, and it does make you look back at the press conference when he was trying to stick a, stick just to football and it's weird. There was a report that came out the Rams did not know about the series when they drafted him, but they were given a heads up before the announcement came out. And they'll be giving very little access to Oprah's crew, which right. might not sit well with Oprah, who's a very powerful <laughs> person. <laughs> it's just going to be, you know, following him around, not in the team facility and all that. I just feel like if we're at the point where we're debating the distraction level of an uh, Oprah Winfrey show for a seventh-round pick, it's, we're just bored. Is
4: this something. a team that also could wind up on hard knocks?
3: Maybe. I mean, I, you could have Oprah one. Winfrey
4: they're, they're against HBO. they one of the teams, teams that's el- for-
2: eligible for it. I don't think it's a big deal, Greg. But I just find it, it, it seemed a little strange to me that he would invite this into the equation at all. I mean, he has such long odds against himself. I don't know, but maybe he's already looking ahead. Maybe he's smart enough to realize that as mm-hmm. a seventh-round pick, you know, maybe the Rams isn't really
3: the big picture for him. It's what comes next. I. Agree with you in the sense I, that I think it's going to turn some public sentiment against him. So, to the level that he cares or doesn't care about that, I think a lot of people will have a negative reaction to this. And who knows? Maybe even some of his teammates and things like that—they'll—they'll they'll just, you know, raise their eyebrow, kind of like you did. Right. And I'm only a little bit ashamed to um,
2: acknowledge this, but my wife and I watched the Lindsay Lohan. Oprah documentary series. <laughs> I would have just assumed what? that. Yes, and uh, I will tell you that it was very well produced and quite entertaining, so I will probably watch this too, which will mean I've watched both Oprah docu-series.
4: She does have some experience producing television entertainment, then. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you be surprised yeah. that so Oprah
3: oh, would piece together oh. a compelling piece of Do, television? So you're putting a cape on for Oprah here? Oh, you're, no, you're, not, you're not at all. Oprah in guy? fact,
4: if nothing annoys me more. Do think taking no. Oprah to the mat just By now? By the way, her mag—what you occasionally see her <laughs> magazine floating around in a newsstand, and like 20 issues in a row, it would be the person on the cover, and there would always be like a blurry... Oprah in the background, like she's always on the cover too, with the person. Like, what just side let, are you on with let Oprah? Let someone or. else have the spotlight.
2: I think she's on every cover.
4: I, well, that's the disturbing concept. <laughs>
3: I, you're all over the map. I'm done with this, it. Sessler. We should have a an around the league, <laughs> around the league magazine. Don't
4: take us off. You know, listen. If I you want to get into I have Oprah. Some, I will. Like
2: more serious,
3: glum news to get to now. Okay.
4: Well,
2: so I'm trying to figure out how. Uh, to uh, Gold Center, how did it transition here?
4: You're a professional, Dan. This
2: okay. is where you come in. Let's get professional.
3: I think you would do it by everyone you know that's listening right now imagining a magazine where Mark Sessler was on the cover every month. Maybe people should send in Photoshopped versions of that. That would be fun. A lot of issues being sold. <laughs> <laughs> the magnetic. I just made your job harder. Sure. Sorry, yeah. Dan.
4: No,
2: that's fine. <laughs> All right, moving on. Aaron Hernandez, Greg. The former New England Patriots tight end was indicted on Thursday on two counts of first-degree murder related to the deaths of two men outside a Boston nightclub in 2012. No, this is not the same murder case that Aaron Hernandez is facing for the death of Odin Lloyd, the semi-pro football player who was shot to death and found at an industrial park near Aaron Hernandez's home in Massachusetts, also in 2012. Uh, This is uh, a separate case. And it does not look good for the former tight end, Suffolk County District attorney Daniel Connolly Connolly laid out the specifics of the case during a press conference on thursday and uh, the line that really stood out was this: Aaron Hernandez then fired a thirty eight caliber revolver multiple times from the driver's side of his vehicle into the passenger side of the victim's vehicle, so not only is Hernandez being charged, he's being fingered by the the police and by the district attorney as the shooter it is grim this is unbelievable <laughs> it's it's outrageous it's outrageous
3: i just can't believe like if you think about the stuff that this guy is tied in with well we haven't talked about hernandez on the podcast in a long time and i don't know if we ever have really and publicity. we it doesn't get too front and center on our network too often the the different Aspects of his legal case moving along until some like until it reaches a certain level, and this is a whole nother level. It's two more murders, and if you just think of the the timeline of everything, it it blows my mind. A a year ago at this time, they were rolling through that top 100 series, right? You know who number 77 was? It was Aaron Hernandez, <laughs> and we were just talking about him. Aaron Hernandez is a football player. If you go on Twitter right now. His account is still there. It's Why va- is it, that? It's by verified, the way. and the last few things he was saying was "have a great Father's Day." That was one of them, and just you know, stupid like, "Hey, what are you guys doing today?" Stuff like that, and that's from late June. And just the fact that we've gone from there and talking about him as the number seventy-seven player to a guy who now has three murder charges. Again, it's, I don't know. Well, it's the just only thing I can
4: think of that was a parallel in terms of where the scope just gets out of control is where we were with O.J. Simpson one day and then where we were with him the next. It's like you think completely one way about this guy, and then he's uh, – not that Aaron Hernandez was America's darling at any point.
3: But this but is all during his career, this too. Is outrageous. He's, he's sitting there. All of this is happening that he's accused of doing, and then he's going to the OTAs like the next day. Right. You know, that sort of stuff. All right, let's move on. Greg Hardy is also into legal
2: trouble. He was arrested. The Carolina Panthers star was arrested on misdemeanor charges of assault on a female and communicating threats. This is obviously very bad news for the Panthers, who have not had a great off season, and now you know, arguably their best or their second best player is dealing with a uh, assault case. Uh, the situation is still kind of we're kind of learning things and piecing it together. It's hard to make out of what exactly happened, but not good news for Greg Hardy.
3: Yeah, accused of – by by the accuser of throwing her onto a couch and there was guns in, involved there that were in the house. We're not going to comment on the legal stuff, and, and who knows? that That's all going to play out over time. The football aspect that struck me was it's interesting that he signed his franchise tender because if he had not signed his franchise tag, which guarantees his salary for the year – you would think the Panthers would be looking at the situation and considering rescinding it, which they can. At any They could have at any moment. So by him signing that, that guaranteed that contract, and we'll just have to see how the legal process plays out and any potential NFL penalties. Uh, but he's locked into that team for this year. Dan, get us out of this corner. I would love to. Yeah, let's go to... Go to something fun. Let's get to Let's get uh, this talk thing going. Talk about know the good NFL players. I
2: wanna, yeah, let's talk about the good people. Uh, <laughs> not to say that those are bad people. We don't know. But let's move on, and let's talk something truly important, the top 100 list.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> How about that? Hernandez
2: not on the list this year. Hernandez missed the list in 2014. Uh, revealed uh, the 90, 90 to 81 were revealed on Wednesday night. Dave Damaschek was on the Uh, After show, Damashek really—I don't know if you've noticed—sneaky for a guy that is always in the newsroom talking about how he needs opportunities and
3: wants heat. (laughs) He's getting a lot of heat lately. He's
2: showing up on TV a
3: lot. Yeah, it's great. Everyone should watch it. It was a fun show. I watched it. Silver and Damashek, likable fellas. Heath Evans looking
2: at Damashek and you can't tell what Evans what's going through his mind, but it potentially isn't good. I
4: think he—that's what I love. He puts he puts everyone on their heels, and uh, I think Sheck last year did a knockout job, and he's back, so a reason to pay attention to this otherwise bizarre endeavor. Uh, I, well, get into it. Why do you
3: think it's bizarre?
4: Because well, hold—it's voted by the players, so you know it's not voted by the fans.
2: But some of the results—should we just start with one that? Oh uh, yeah, well. Let me just – they re- unveiled the top ten over the weekend or the bottom ten, and Matthew Stafford was at 100. You had Jason Witten at 98, and then you had the one that a lot stuck with a lot of people that have been following this. Matt Forte came in at 91, who's coming off a season in which he had nearly 2,000 yards from the line of scrimmage and 12 touchdowns. And then they re- revealed the uh, next ten on Wednesday night. You had Eddie Lacy at 90. Charles Clay comes in at 89. So according to this list <laughs> – this list that the players decided on, Charles Clay is a better player than Matt Forte, and I can't wrap my head around that. Uh, DeMarco Murray at 87 also ahead of Matt Forte, and then you have Jordy Nelson at 83 who is a, a, you know a stud-wide receiver, and then Kaepernick at 81, which actually seemed kind of fair. I,
4: it, all it tells me, because when we vote for things and it's almost like a year in review to some degree, it's that a guy like Forte who is just, to some painfully consistent. I mean, the guy has just been that guy year after year. Somehow he's not exciting enough when Clay obviously made a ton of big plays for the Dolphins, and it's not that we don't did like he? Clay. Yes, he did. He no, did. he, he had a fine season in a pinch when they not had no— Not compared
3: to Jordy Nelson or Matt Forte,
4: All I'm saying is that it's not that Clay is a bum. I mean, the guy came in when they had no Got tight it. end, but— the fact that he's put there <laughs> above Matt Forte, and you look at the way this list is constructed, it's impossible to view this thing well, with any credibility. Can
2: you cut that, Gold Center, so Mark says Clay is a bum and then <laughs> no. send it to the Dolphins? Yes. that's exactly what yeah, I was going to do. All right,
4: right. That, thank you.
3: That's going to be... I
4: spent like an hour on a December morning <laughs> writing about his season because I thought he honestly was an excellent <laughs> player for Miami, but this... Is out, outraged.
3: So actually, that's how we'll send out the tweet, yeah, right? Well, Clay actually, is a bum, dash a Mark Sessler. I yep. just got a DM from Clay. He says <laughs> that he wants to beat you up. Oh, boy. Sessler,
2: comma, who wrote
3: fawning post in December, comma, turns on Clay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this list is supposed to be the top 100 players of 2014. So that's the upcoming season. So maybe... All these players that were voting, they just had a, a Sessler, if Ooh. you will. That Charles, that watch out, this guy's. Wow.
4: And they've worked out about as well as mine have. <laughs>
3: yeah. That watch out. We're going to see a, a whole new Charles Clay this year. He better be whole new. Because the guy that played for the Dolphins last year,
2: nice player, but he's not better than Matt Forte.
3: No. I, uh, I do want to say that the show, if you watch it, it's pretty cool. I it's not even something that I would have immediately been attracted to if I wasn't working here necessarily. It's like, oh, another list. They're just kind of like making, you know, content cuz you you need to. And there is a level of that, but if you watch the show, I was watching one of them today and listen to the players talking about the other players, you hear some stuff that you don't hear elsewhere. Like uh, Roddy White was talking about Brent Grimes and just saying he thinks that Grimes is the best athlete in the NFL, and he was talking about his foot speed, and he was talking about how Grimes on one play backpedaled, then went forward and and made a tip catch, and someone was talking about... Well, Weta it's also like that. a formal t-
4: former teammate. Right, it is,
3: but he was talking about how his ups are unlike any NFL player, and I wouldn't have really ever yeah. thought that about Grimes, and then they showed it, and he makes this great leaping play, and you're like, oh. Here's, yeah, the, cool.
2: here's what I take away from it also on the positive end is yeah, you could kind of write it off as some junky thing they're rolling out to kill time on the network, but it is a well-produced B the players are involved with it so you know it is it does give a certain level of truth that these are the guys that are in the league and C. the players care I mean they care where they're ranked if you're following social media when these guys come on the show you could see you know Forte was clearly perturbed to be where he was. So it's kind of a cool thing, especially this time of year, to have something that has some tangible value, at least to the players, and these are the people that you're watching. You're right. D- I
4: know, Dan, that was, you're going to get a lot of pats on the ah, back there. <laughs> <Home> <laughs> but run. it's not that the concept is a mess. It's that some of the results are just conversation starters. Anything else right? bother you about the list? Well, let me, let's, let's say <laughs> something I think they got right, which Ooh. is Kaepernick – at about eighty one which is where he was a year ago, they have him, I think as the thirteenth or fourteenth quarterback thirteenth quarterback on this 12th. list 14.
2: Stafford is thirteen yeah
4: all right, so somewhere between twelve and fourteen gentlemen <laughs> reigns Colin Kaepernick. I think they got that right at
2: this stage, I agree
3: it was such a big question going into last year, like what what is Kaepernick going to be, and what he ended up being, which I think this reflects, is oh he. About the same as he was a year ago. He took some steps back and then he made some improvements and it all amounted to a, a pretty flat line type of year.
4: But no one, I mean, and also, by the way, he stayed where he was when you take his receiving core, you strip it away. He's got a chance to jump up this list this season with the receivers they've added.
3: It, I love Forte. He had almost 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Reggie Bush is not in the same class. as DeMarco Murray does nothing better than Matt Forte on a field other than running a straight line fast. That's the only thing Murray does better. Every other possible football trait that you could come up with, Forte's better at it. Kiko Alonso thought was a little high, too. And I think we all agreed Jordy Nelson's vastly underrated Oh, he here. got I thought not appreciated
2: Reggie yet. Bush, I agree that he doesn't deserve to be where he is here. And I thought that 2013 season for Reggie Bush was La Raville Magnifico, the great reveal. Hmm. You put him in the exact... Ideal situation for a man of his skills and his abilities. Uh, the, and he stayed healthy for most of the year. And he had some really nice moments, but he also had trouble with ball security. And, you know, he was on balance a good uh, running back with ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, but not great. So he is what he is. Like, it, there's no more the Reggie Bush hype train can roll on from now into eternity. <laughs> but he is what he is at this point. And Which is a good player. It's just he's good. Yeah,
4: is this does That's this it. list tell us what if you're a defensive player? I'm going to rank guys on how hard they are to prepare for during the week and deal with on the field. Where you look at a guy like Stafford, he's not higher. They don't care about stats. Mm. I'm saying Stafford's stats have been outrageous over the years, but he's so far down the list. I've noticed.
2: I've noticed some qu- uh, quotes that I've either read uh, while you know doing research for around the league, or I've seen on TV where you do research. Hells yeah, hubba hubba, Um, in which guys have had less than glowing kind of comments about Stafford. I don't know if he has a great reputation around the league as as one of the true great quarterbacks. And this list kind of tells you that.
3: It also tells me a lot of Dolphins are voting because there's no other way Charles Clay gets in the top 90.
2: <laughs> don't tell a handsome wow. Hank that. I mean,
3: right? There is no other chance. There's, there is no chance that anyone who is not on the Dolphins voted for Charles Clay. And the way it works is you vote for your top 20. You don't even vote for the top 100. Every player votes for their top 20, and that, that's all averaged out into top 100. So that means some, some people had Clay in the top 20. Yikes. <laughs> A lot of Dolphins voted Clay over Tannehill. That, right. That's you know, sure. I guess Daniel Thomas voted and half his teammates. Classic
2: Daniel Thomas move. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Do we have anything else to say on this? I'm sure it will come up again, and when Wes is back, I'm sure Wes will destroy the entire process. So we can just stick a pin in it for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, Gold Standard, it's that time. This is Gold Standard's favorite part of the show.
4: Live from Culver City, California,
2: it's America's favorite game show. What's
5: more likely? <laughs>
2: All right. <laughs> you know, we don't know how much, how much longer Gold Sandra will be with us. He Maybe forever, maybe not much longer. You, don't ever, you never know. Uh, but we'll always have that, Zach. It's true. Your voice will always
3: be in the studio, at oh. least for that.
4: It's it's a wonderful legacy. Thank you. I'll have the
3: (laughs) memories of you dancing around back there just now as a giddy little schoolgirl. I had some
4: (laughs) boogie shoes. I'm glad you went with girl on that one.
3: Um, All right. So this is a a game that
2: we've played several times. This one's not very complicated at all. Uh, We take turns and we throw out two possibilities and we ask,
5: What's more likely?
2: So why don't we play the game? And I will get it going. And, uh, you know, just feel free to be honest
3: in your opinions. That's all we ask. Mark has never done anything less. <laughs> wow.
5: What's more likely?
2: Cody Latimer has a 1,000-yard season in 2014, or Eric Decker has a 1,000-yard season in 2014.
3: Eric Decker. Yeah, I see what you're doing here. You're just trying to create a question where we have to answer with a positive thing about the Jets. Nailed it. <laughs> no, I mean it's what do you mean?
2: That's a great question because a lot of people think that Decker his value will be depressed st- statistically. Meanwhile, oh, Cody Latimer immediately is going to go right into that Broncos offense and become a playmaker. Is uh, you know what's more likely?
4: Well, Latimer right now still nursing a foot injury, may not really be ready to roll until training camp, but in an offense that broke records last season, I'm going to go Decker, though, because the Jets just don't have too much
3: else at the position. I can't believe this is not a good question. It's not even – you can't even take it seriously. Cody Latimer is a rookie who's maybe going to be their fourth receiver. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you ever heard of a guy named Demarius Thomas? and Wes Welker, and Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders they just signed. Wow,
2: Emmanuel Sanders. And
3: then you've got Julius Thomas taking things. I, wouldn't, I don't think Vladimir would make it over 500 yards, 200 yards. I that. attempted to answer
4: the question in a serious I'm, manner that would shine a light on gangrene for Dan, <laughs> just for Dan.
3: Listen, I Greg. think Decker has a good chance, too, by the way. I am, I'm not negative on Decker. I think I don't, he's got don't a good a chance. don't thousand, thousand yards
4: receiving is not what it was at another time. So I don't think it's announced for the Jets.
2: It is they have sure. they've had one in the but past ten years. You know,
4: it, it, it's not going to make him some sort of you know elite sudden New York you know minesweeper.
2: He'll be fine. That means. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> minesweeper. <laughs> All right, and I can't wait till Greg goes because I'm going to go nuts. Whatever it is, Mark, your turn.
5: What's more likely?
2: All right, Johnny Manziel in Cleveland. Mm.
4: Wins more games or Teddy Bridgewater wins more games for the Vikings?
5: Hmm. Hmm.
4: I thought about this. I had a tough time with this one.
2: I think that mm, Josh Gordon messes everything up. I can't figure it out. I don't know what the Browns are anymore because of Josh Gordon. But then again, I've already gone on record saying that Teddy Bridgewater... We'll be out of the league.
3: So, just soon. to clarify, it's not Vikings or Manziel wins. Because it's not if Browns. Bridgewater, or, if, it, I mean, Vikings or Browns wins. If Bridgewater's on the bench, he doesn't get credit. You've got to factor
4: in how many starts, how many wins, okay, not I, team wins.
3: I feel good about this. Manziel. And it's not just because I think he's a safer bet to start more games. I think the Browns are a better overall team. With or without Gordon, I would take Manziel. And I feel good about it. Good defense. They don't have to just win it on their rookie quarterback. I don't like the Vikings at all, so that yeah, certainly helps.
2: I think I like the the Browns. Easy with Josh Gordon in the picture. With Josh Gordon out of the picture, I still think the Browns have a better roster. And then I like Manziel better as a quarterback. Uh, we don't know if how long it will take for Manziel to get in the lineup, which is uh, West's softball pants uh, debate is all about. But, yeah, I think the Browns – listen, I think the Browns could be an 8-and-8 eight eight team this year. Plus –
3: I don't see the Vikings. Manziel doing that. doesn't have to worry about my boy Matt Castle because when the Castle Nader starts out there <laughs> <laughs> with a couple <laughs> of wins, is a, that is a nickname that needs work right there. <laughs> <laughs> but he starts Castle. out the season with a couple of wins. Forget about Bridgewater. There you go.
4: Yeah. No, I don't think he's going to start out any season. But I do think that I asked a question right there. The generated conversation, some debate, and <laughs> some gave up. <thought>. <laughs> I see you guys Barry went the same,
3: yourself. The same route though. You got a positive response about your team.
4: Listen, Dan and I need to do what we can to get
3: the good people. You got to be rolling.
2: careful though, because uh, one of our top bosses um, spoke to us mm-hmm. in the newsroom just this morning and lamented the amount of Brown's coverage in a recent podcast. <laughs> and I know, you only- want to know what
4: it is because after one week, that's too much. Versus a decade plus of endless Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Wait a minute, we are, we have tired of the news out of Cleveland. We do. This not. has been two or three
2: podcasts of this. I do feel we do talk about the Browns' a fair deal. I
3: think it's too much. Enough's enough. <laughs> well, I'm not going to talk about Dominique Easley or the Patriots in my thank you little thank thing. God.
5: What's more likely?
3: Let's go to the wide receiver position. But well, that's not the you once. What's, what's more likely is dropped. You gotta just roll out okay, with your your, your, your hosting, uh, scenario. Hosting one hundred and one. I got it. You want to try it again? Okay, let's do it.
5: What's more likely?
3: Sammy Watkins goes over a thousand yards receiving for the Bills, or. Mike Evans goes over 1,000 yards receiving for the Bucs. This is easy for me. I go Evans. I think that
4: that offense is set up for a guy like Evans to come in. We saw what Mike Williams and Vincent Jackson Ooh. did last year, and they've got— Mike Williams
3: didn't do a lot.
4: Well, no, but when they—well, when, when before the quarterback situation turned into utter chaos, two tall receivers, two, a lot of going on there. I like Evans. What My problem is more Buffalo E.J. Manuel remains a total question mark to me. I have a hard time— Calling anyone in that offense a thousand-yard receiver as an
2: automatic. Here's my issue with your issue is that you <laughs> you write EJ Emanuel as a question mark, and that's fair. But I'm not so sure sold as the rest of America that Josh McCount is now a franchise quarterback forever and ever. I could just as easily seeing that flame out, and then you if Glenn, Glennon enters the picture, maybe you know that's a good backup situation. So I get that. Now I will say this: I am not a. I, never professed to be a big college football watcher, but I've heard enough about Sammy Watkins to be told that this is a guy that is a monster, monster prospect that the Bills, Doug Whaley was so high on him that he was willing to potentially trade up to number one in this draft to try to secure him. He ended up having to trade up to four and got it done. I'm just going to go on what I'm hearing and what we were reading and say, this guy's so good. That he will have a breakout rookie season mm. that will put him over a thousand yards. Whaley
4: also called Evans the type of receiver that Buffalo misses and is missing and needs because he's a big, tall guy that can win jump ball matchups. Evans is going to thrive in Tampa. That team's going to go to the playoffs. And I don't listen. Jeff Tedford's a good quarterback coach. I don't. I, I, it's not Mark Tressman. It's not Mark Tressman, but he's a good he does a good job with that offense. I think. McCown is not going to fall off the edge of a cliff, <laughs> and by the way, I'm not sure that Glennon doesn't come in and continue where he left off last
3: season. I'm loving that I inspired some heat right here between you two. <laughs> That's called a good question. Different <laughs> answers, arguing. Very self congratulatory <laughs> pod so far today. Um, all right, U- unlike all our other ones. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> what? Blake Bortles is out of the NFL by 2018, (laughs) or Teddy Bridgewater is out of the NFL by 2018. Gentlemen, I know you're saying I'm going to skew negative here, and that's not fair, but the truth of the NFL is this. Most of these quarterbacks fail. Most of them struggle and don't become what these teams think they will be. At least one of these gentlemen, maybe both, will be out of the league or at least hanging on a roster Brady Quinn style. I'm asking you, which one is more likely? Wow. Listen, I it's rea- hey, welcome. Hi,
3: I'm Dan, Reality ne- neither is Neither is more likely. What? I don't know. It's not I like- likely at all. I, I don't like the question. Um, let's go <laughs> Bortles, I guess. If I had to choose one to be a total washout, I would choose Bortles. I don't think that's going to happen because to be out of the league or close to it as a first-round quarterback is nearly impossible to do. You have to be Jamarcus mm. Russell. no. In that short of a time span? I mean, that's before the end of his rookie contract. I'm just saying, maybe he's hanging around, like you said, as a backup or a third stringer, or like a Blaine Gabbert in San Francisco or something like that. To me, it's Bordos because he's the bigger X factor coming from Central Florida. The... The raw, toolsy sort of prospect that everyone is thinking is going to develop at the NFL level. To me, that's border, so I'm going to go with
4: that. Yeah, I mean, Dan, you have to. I mean, I don't want to answer the question, but you have to predict a major injury to, to have, to have <laughs> no, a you guy don't. At that time frame. No, you don't. I'm, I'm, I'm like asking. A backup.
2: I'm asking. <laughs> <If it's laughs> no, I am related. not predicting <laughs> that for either. Well, Lord, no, let I'm me saying who will be. Okay, all right, if not uh, out of the league, very close to it. Let me answer the question. Then I
4: will. Likely. I will go also with Bortles, but I'm going to spin it in the. In, for me, it's it's a positive about for me Bridgewater and that he is considered an incredibly intelligent. Uh, passer that's excellent on the board, that can learn offenses quickly. I think he's an asset as a backup if he isn't a starter. And he's also inc- known as a really accurate guy, a guy that I think has something to offer almost anywhere he goes. I think he'll still be with the Vikings. Jacksonville, a team in flux to some yeah. degree. I like what they're doing, though.
3: But Bortles, you're right, just maybe more of a wild card. I, right. I feel like Bridgewater has a lower f- or a higher floor. Whereas he's safe. The worst case scenario, I feel like, for Teddy Bridgewater is he's going to be a good backup. Whereas Bortles, you kind of don't know.
2: All right. So we're run- running a little short on time. So why don't we roll through the rest of this? We'll kind of do a little bit of a lightning round, what's more Ooh. likely. Get excited, people. Mark <laughs> Sessler, started off.
3: <laughs> lightning round. What's more likely?
4: Bishop Sankey for the Titans has more touchdowns or... Chris Johnson for the Jets has more touchdowns
3: at the end of the season. Ooh, this is testing my lightning round. I'm going to go with Sankey. I'm high on him. We did a, I did a piece on the site, which rookies are going to touch the ball the most. Sankey, number one by far. I think he's going to be rookie of the year. Bishop Sankey.
2: I would say Sankey, and I, there makes a lot of sense why he maybe should be because Sean Green just had surgery and there's not a lot there. But also, the Titans are terrible. I don't think they're going to score a lot. Mm. I think the Jets are hardcore ground and pound. I think Johnson's got something to prove.
3: Chris Johnson. Shocking. He went with the Jets.
5: <laughs> What's more likely?
3: Bishop Sankey wins Rookie of the Year, or Johnny Manziel wins Rookie of the Year? Manziel. Yeah, I Come would on. just – I'd
4: always go with the quarterback, and I – think they're both tough calls on that one. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'm sold on this Sankey blowing the world up. I think there's a lot of touches for a bad football team. I'm going Manzel.
2: Yeah, I, Greg, I know you love Sankey. It's almost getting a little weird, your love of Sankey. But <laughs> Manzel is set up so well that if he thrives, it's going to be Johnny Mania across the nation, and I think that's where your money is.
4: People are calling Sankey the next coming of Vic Ballard, by the way. So Haba, I don't know Haba. if it's saying a-
3: Who saying give him that? the Give him the hardware. No one's saying
5: that. What's more
2: likely? All right, this is a four-way. Here we go. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, oh you're no, breaking no, no, the rules. I, I, got,
4: I, I have no regard for You set for the, that up
2: in a very Charlie Casserly way. I, like, all right, see? I got something big set up Because I don't even
4: know how to, uh, <laughs> how to actually say this, but a quarterback switch will first be made by the Browns, the Vikings, the Jags, or the Raiders. What's most likely?
3: I'd go Raiders because they have the set – I think they're going to start with Schaub, and it's not going to last too long. And then you go to Carr; it'll be quick—three weeks. Who are my
4: other options? Browns, Vikings, Jaguars, or the Oakland Raiders?
2: Jaguars—they'll start with Chad Henney, do the Blaine Gabbert move, where they, you know, they go like two weeks and then put. So you don't believe it. a
4: word coming out of anyone's mouth in Florida?
2: No, uh,
0: Florida. I wish you weren't a liar.
3: Uh, <laughs> Florida's got issues, you know. Fair enough.
2: What? what?
3: Bortles throws for 3,000 yards as a rookie. Or the Tom Savage conspiracy is revealed. He never shows up for practice, and it's learned he is indeed not a human. I'm going savage because we've seen literal no, there's been no
4: tangible proof that he exists <laughs> yeah. as on the human realm. Yeah. He's a creation.
2: He's uh, He's Fugazi. Wes comes back from his weekend jaunt up the coast with his lady friend as a man in a committed relationship
3: mm. or single and ready to mingle. Well, I'm, I'm going in a committed relationship because otherwise we're essentially rooting against. Not necessarily. Uh, just what you're feeling. Okay. Look at it like an, put on your analyst hat. I'm, I'm sticking with that.
4: I am too. I think the table's been set for that, uh, and I, you know, why would I? Why would I wish anything? But you're not
2: wishing, you're
3: analyzing the situation. I
4: can't separate well, my wishes from my analysis. Well, this we're phone. gonna get him on the phone.
3: And I'll put my analyst hat on. He's treating her to a pretty nice uh, weekend here. Can we, uh,
2: Gold Standard, get Wes <laughs> on the line? Yeah, let's do it. You'll notice I did not give my answer because after the way you guys set it up, I feel bad telling you how I feel.
4: <laughs> Hashtag analysis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think he's sober right now
4: yes of course
2: <laughs> he might be predisposed hello chris wessling yes sir this is the around the league podcast how are you buddy
5: I'm doing great. I am in the least creative city in America.
2: Oh, boy. He's oh, he's flying already. Where are you?
5: Well, I'm Puck.
2: What makes it so void of uh, creativity?
0: Their street names are all letters of the alphabet. I'm on L Street.
3: <laughs> well, Wes, you...
0: I can't even come up with names.
3: You're anti-letter streets. I didn't realize that.
0: I'm
2: anti-uncreativity. Can't we come up with some names here? I like that Wes's lady friend is on the other end of this rant. I'm sure you've had <laughs> a conversation. I like that he has a take on everything. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Wes, you'll be happy to know we just played uh, the game that everyone loves.
5: What's Go get my sandwich.
2: Likely? What's more likely? <laughs> and you were the final question. We're just curious, without getting into too many specifics, how are things going right now with you and your lady friend?
5: Everything's going great.
2: Is she next to you right now?
5: She is. Do
2: you want to talk to her? No, no, no. Do we want to talk to her? All right, put her on. Hello? Hey, what's up? This is Dan Hanses with the Around the League podcast. Mark Sessler. Hey, what's up?
4: Hey. Yeah. Hey, Mark. How are you?
2: I'm good. good to talk to you again. Oh, yeah. You guys are yeah. old friends. Oh, we're old yeah. friends.
5: We go way
3: back.
2: How are things going with Wes right now?
3: Oh, good. Is we're he trying to uh, drive up the Pacific Highway.
2: Is that, I mean, it seems like he's set up something nice for you guys this weekend.
3: It, it seems like he's put some effort in. He did. I'm very proud of him. Right. Or did you set up? This is Greg Rosenthal, by the way. Did, did hey, you, Greg. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, did you set up the whole weekend, and he's just kind of chauffeuring you around?
4: I set up none of it. Oh, no.
3: impressive. I'll tell you what. Very nice. I will tell you what. Um, I'm sorry. What's your name again?
1: <laughs> Aaron.
2: Okay. Aaron, I'll tell you what. It sounds like you got a nice weekend plan, and Wes, he must like you. That's all I can say. Maybe. Hmm. But
1: yes, yeah, so we have a great weekend. All right,
2: have a good you weekend. Enjoy you it. Uh, give nice us Wes back, please. Hello. All right, Wes. Nice setup. Looks like you got a good setup for the weekend.
4: I do, yeah, and um.
2: Don't mess this up, man. It's she's, <laughs> she's a good girl, man. <laughs>
5: I'm in a good spot. We're staying off the freeway.
2: No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, ritzy! What does that mean? <laughs> you mean there was like motels and, and things of that nature? Like, no, nah, we're gonna go no, a little th- inland.
5: No, up the Pacific Coast Highway. I think he means
3: his oh. drive.
2: He's not. He's oh, not going out oh, the It's
3: like, like
4: the cops can't find us. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm not a freeway kind of guy.
3: Well, just tell Aaron next time Dan will even know her name, so it'll be fantastic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Wes, yeah. So have fun, and uh, and we'll see you on Monday. And you're going to tell us all about your adventure, but it, everything sounds promising.
0: Oh yeah, it's going to be great.
2: All right, man. He listen. He sounds a little. He's distracted right now.
4: Well, as he should be.
3: Uh, well, he is driving a like large mechanical vehicle hurtling through <laughs> and He's not just driving <laughs> any car. Streets. Gr- uh, West
2: is driving Big Irish. Uh, you know, Big Molly, which I call it the uh, car that barely is uh, is operating at this point. <laughs> I am not driving my car, no. Oh, Big Molly's gotten the weekend off. All right. Big Irish. <laughs> big Irish. All right, so, Wes, <laughs> uh, have a nice weekend, and we'll catch you on the other side, buddy. Okay. big you, guys. Farewell. Yeah, you know, Greg, you don't have to blow up my spot that I forgot
3: the woman's name. Yeah, that's, that's my own personal problem. I, I took need it to start because
4: we already had mentioned her name before. As Aaron, <laughs> I thought you were checking, giving her an opportunity to not ah. provide her name. I thought that was some high level hosting there, but obviously no, not the case. Not at all. <laughs> not the case. No.
2: <laughs> okay. So we'll see how the, I, that actually sounded. You blew up your own spot, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, we'll we'll check in with Wes on Monday. Uh, that is it. We we got to go. Uh, that's it for Thursday's edition of the Around the League podcast. We will be back three more shows next week. Three more shows, Mark. So three. Lock in. Be ready. Very be excited. prepared. Uh, until then, this is Dan Hans is signing off with the Sizzler, the Boss, and the Gold Standard behind the glass.
0: Until next week. You go into your shower feeling tired.
1: The
0: Calm.